Well, we're going to look at the Word of God this morning, Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And we will look at Ephesians chapter number 6. And we will begin reading with verse number 10. Hope that you are off to a wonderful new year. Believing God for some great days ahead. Ephesians 6, verse number 10. Uh, before I read, let me just say thank I appreciate the pastor inviting me today. So if you're watching my Facebook pastor, uh, thank you for inviting me to come. And uh, we are praying for you and believing God for you to have some good family time as you are on your holiday still. And we're believing God to, to just uh, give you great time with your family. And we love you. Ephesians 6 verse 10, this is familiar scripture, finally my brethren, I'm sure he was talking to the sister in two, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, therefore... Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and with supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Lord, we love you and thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you for the time that we can be in your presence. We ask you now to move by your Spirit. Anoint me to preach, Lord, and thank you for your presence that we feel even now. Have your way and touch our hearts and we praise you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody said amen. We are daily engaged in a battle. The devil has a mission statement to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's his, that's his purpose in life, to kill, steal, and destroy. And the warfare that he wages against us is unrelenting, it is brutal. And there's no preacher, there's no seminary student, there's no Christian leader that is immune from the attack of hell. The devil will use any tactic he can come up with to destroy us and come against us. He often attacks with temptation, turmoil, or tragedy. He sometimes will attack us and not care who or what it may ruin in the process, whether it is family, friend, or finances. He simply wants to leave us at the end of the battle confused, corrupt, condemned, and the list goes on and on. And I ask you the question this morning, how do we come against such an attack and how do we fight such an enemy? 
And I see in this scripture that we read today that Paul gives us some specific instruction as to what we can do to overcome in our lives and in the battles that we face. Throughout the text that we read this morning, the scriptures reiterate four different times in one form or another, one word, that word, stand. Stand. So this morning, I'm preaching a message entitled, I'm Still Standing. I'm Still Standing. The scriptures again tell us on four different occasions, in some form or another, to stand. He never said anything about lying down or sitting down, but he tells us to stand. We cannot afford to rest or relax or retreat if we are going to win this spiritual battle. We must stand. This morning as I, as I began to prepare and as I began to pray and seek the Lord for direction in this day, I just sense today that maybe there's someone here that you understand what it means that you have to stand. You have to keep fighting on. You have to keep standing. Perhaps there's someone here that understands what it is like to have lived through the bitter pain of divorce. Others stepped out in faith, maybe to go to school or to start a business or to do something that required a lot of faith on your part. And everybody else said that you couldn't do it. Uh, and there were the skeptics and there were the doubters. I'm preaching to somebody today that perhaps has faced the untimely death of a family member. Perhaps you understand what it is like to be the target of accusation, slander, and gossip. Maybe you have heard the doctor say that you will live with that physical condition for the rest of your life and it will eventually take your life. You have, you have faced the edge of the enemy's sword and when others would have tried to give up and tried to convince you to give up and some would have said, what's the use? And they would have thrown in the towel and said, I can take it no more. Here you are today at Believer's Fellowship as a testimony that though sometimes the fire has been hot and though sometimes the battle has been long and though sometimes the fight has been courageous, here you stand today in this church and you're staying to everyone here. Though the battle has been long and fierce and hot and I face the edge of the enemy's sword, I'm still standing. Hallelujah. Everybody thought, 2020 was terrible. And some people thought that when the calendar hit January 1, 2021, that it was all going to be over. Let me tell you something. The calendar doesn't deliver you. Only Jesus delivers you. Only Jesus is our answer. Oh, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all the, all the breakthroughs that we've had in medicine and the vaccine and everything, everything that we see that is hopeful. I'm thankful for that. But I promise you the Lord has provided that. And so you just keep standing. Home or abroad, I'm still standing. Weak or strong, I'm still standing. Healthy or sick, I'm still standing. Rich or poor, I'm still standing. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Hallelujah. We stand on Him today. And there are several things that I find in the Scripture 
that we can look to today and say that I'm still standing. First of all, I still stand fully armored. Fully armored. Verses 14 through 18 talk about the armor of God. Put on the full armor of God, Paul said. There is that belt of truth. Now, truth here is not specifically referred to as the Word of God. That is mentioned later on as the sword of the Spirit. Truth here is referred to as just being truthful, sincere, and honest. Just tell the truth. (laughs) Now, when he said the belt, when he's referring to a belt, it was a thick belt that the Roman soldier put around his waist, of course. And attached to this belt was a place for the sword... And then the breastplate was held in place by also being attached to the belt. Truth holds it all together. And as we continue to stand, don't fall prey to the myth that you have to lie and cheat through life to get what you want. How many of you know somebody? I know at least one somebody. I know several, but I know at least one somebody that I'm telling you, it seems like he just has everything going for him. And he would climb a tree to tell a lie when he could stand on the ground and tell the truth. And he just seems to be so successful and things go on. But you mark my word, baby doll, time is on the side of right. Time is always on the side of the truth. (laughs) Uh, Proverbs 19.9, a false witness will not go unpunished. And he who pours out lies will perish. There will always be those who seem to be able to get ahead in life by cheating, scheming, and lying. But truth and honesty will always prevail. Tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. When a soldier would fight in battle, he would then tuck the hem of his robe inside that belt to keep him from falling. When he would run toward the battle. Truth keeps us from falling when we're fighting against the enemy. He said there's not only that belt of truth, but the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate guarded the most vital organ of the body. It guarded the heart. A soldier would never think of going into battle without that breastplate. Likewise, that breastplate of righteousness. It talks about being righteous, living pure, righteous, and a holy life. And that's the life that I want to attain to live every day. And I want to ascribe to live every day. The believer will be defeated by Satan without living a life that is righteous before the Lord and pure before our God. As the breastplate guarded the heart of the soldier, holiness, righteousness guards the heart of the believer. Now don't, I know I grew up in this. I grew up in the assemblies of God back when we were old line Pentecostal assemblies of God. My grandmother never wore makeup. And uh, she never wore a pair of pants after she got saved. She she always wore she always wore dresses, and and uh, I believe my grandpa after she got saved, I think my grandpa was the only one who ever saw her ankle. I'm just being a little facetious there, but what I'm saying is, holiness is not a rigid list of do's and don'ts. Holiness is becoming more like Jesus every day. And when we live a holy life, Jesus will take care of the do's and the don'ts. But the do's and the don'ts 
will not come from a... Now, there are some things that are in the Bible. If it's in the Bible and says don't do it, don't do it. Don't lie. <laughs> don't steal. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. I mean, those are some... It's right there in the Word of God. But then there are those other... Those areas of personal conviction. And holiness is not living out someone else's personal conviction. Holiness is being like Jesus. Righteousness. Righteousness is not attained once a week on Sunday. A life of righteousness may quite possibly begin in a public place, such as an altar like here in the church, and we publicly pr profess our faith to the Lord. But a life of righteousness, though it might, might quite possibly begin in a public place, it will only be deepened and enhanced, not in the public place, but in the secret place. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the, all, under the shadow of the Almighty. Guard your heart by becoming more like Jesus day after day. Oh, I was praying this morning on the way up here. I said, God, I just want your presence. I just want to be in your presence. I want to be with you. I want to know your presence day after day. Then he talks about the shoes of the preparation of the gospel. This was a thick sole sandal in those times. They had hobnails embedded in the sole of the shoe in the underside, much like cleats or golf shoes that athletes wear. And this enabled the soldier to traverse various kinds of terrain as well as stand firm no matter what the ground underneath was like at the time of battle. The shoes of the gospel of peace prepare the messenger to share the good news of Christ and make him ready to give an answer when questioned about his faith. If you're a child of God, if you've been saved any length of time at all, there should be some ability for you to be able to say, this is why I believe what I believe. Now, you may not have all the answers, but the, the preparation of the gospel, you are prepared to defend why you believe. what you, you don't have to have all the theology down, but you know in your heart what God's Word has said and why you believe what you believe. Every believer should be able to defend his faith. Every believer should be ready to present the gospel at every opportunity and know where it's coming from and what he's talking about. Then there's that shield of faith. No soldier would ever go into battle without a shield. They would not think of going into battle without a and the And the believer cannot afford to step into the battlefield without faith. Faith in God. It will quench the fiery darts of doubt, the fiery darts of greed, vanity, lust, envy, the list goes on and on. Faith in God will give us strength in our weakness. When we just have faith in God. I'm telling you, faith in God is taking a step when the step is not there. When there's nothing to step on, you still take the step. Faith says, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm going to keep going into tomorrow knowing that God is already there. And that He's going to see me through no matter what the situation might be. When the battle is the fiercest, the shield of faith will hold off the, the fiery darts of the enemy. Faith in God. That's more than hope. That's more than wishful thinking. That's more than desire. Faith says it is there when you don't really see it there. 
faith says I'm going to see my children and my family saved. They haven't been saved yet, but I know they're going to get saved. Faith says I've been in that prayer line 25 times already. I've been anointed with enough oil. I'm as greasy as a chitlin. I'm not over your head talking about chitlins now, am I? See me after service if I am. It's hog guts. And people actually eat. Some people eat them. Not I. I've never been that hungry or that drunk. Listen, you can get in line and get anointed with oil as much as you want to and still haven't seen your healing. But faith says the next time I get up there, they're going to pray for me and I'm going to see what God has promised me. I believe in God. That's faith. Faith in action. And then there's that helmet of salvation. Salvation is the protection that covers the head against the deadly blows of Satan. And your head must be covered and protected by salvation because within the head lies the most dangerous part of your body. That's your mind. Several years ago, there was a scholarship program. and They came out with a commercial. It's been a long time ago now, but... They would end it, give to the, it was the United Negro College Fund, give to the United Negro College Fund because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. You remember that? <laughs> well, I've got another little, I've got another little slogan. A mind is a terrible thing. <laughs> Some of you have sat right here in this service today and your mind has been no telling where. You can go places in your mind. I mean, you can do things in your mind. And that's the reason we have to cover the mind with salvation. And I don't know about your helmet of salvation, but I'll tell you about mine. I have to adjust mine every day because it tries to slip off. Somebody say something to me and the spirit of slap will just get all over me. Say, well, what do you do? I say, Lord, keep that helmet on me because my mind is going somewhere it doesn't need to go. And you know, your mind doesn't think on anything that you've not first allowed to enter it. That's the reason we have to guard our minds. Guard what enters that. If worldly data enters the mind, worldly data comes out of the mind because the mind becomes worldly. If spiritual data enters the mind, the mind is spiritual. To be carnally, Romans 8, 5, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Keep your mind protected. And then there's the sword of the Spirit. This is, of course, the Word of God. Before each battle, the soldier would spend hours practicing with his sword. They called it sword drills. They would spend battle, uh, before battle, they would spend hours practicing how to wield that sword and how to place it just where it should be. Likewise, the Word of God requires practice if we are going to use it effectively. The Word works hand in hand. The sword works hand in hand with the shield. The Word works with faith. Faith works with the Word. When the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith are working hand in hand, it enhances one another. And then the Scripture talks about, Paul said, praying always. All of our armor and all of our weapons are meaningless if we do not pray. Prayer. You've heard the old thing, prayer changes things. <laughs> Well, prayer changes, I don't know if prayer changes things as much as prayer changes us. Prayer changes people. And then we go 
and do what God's called us to do. And that's what changes things. Prayer changes us. I've, I've been in times in prayer and what I asked God for did not happen. But my relationship with God got so enhanced that I understood a little bit later on that God brought me to that place not so He could change my situation, but so He could change me. And He brought me to that place for that reason. You know, my son is, uh, he is uh, in the United States military. He's in the Air Force. Right now he's stationed out in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. And if my son, he's a staff sergeant in the military, in the, in the Air Force, and if he ever wanted, if he had an issue or if he ever really wanted to contact the commander-in-chief and talk to the president of the United States, there's no way he could get on the phone and say, I have a problem, and I'd like to talk to the commander-in-chief. They would say, well, you just get further and smell better. I'm not going to talk to the commander-in-chief. You've got, a, you've got a commanding officer. You just go to him. Go up, the, go up the ranks, you know. He'd never get to do it. However, we have the privilege that the regular carnal soldier does not have. We don't have to go through the secretary. We don't have to go through any channels. We can go directly to the general himself. And because today, there, because we have that opportunity to go to him, we know that he gives us the ability to stand. This armor of God, there is not one piece of that armor that is designed for the back. Therefore, we are, no, we are to know that we must face our enemy head on. You can't fight him if you're running from him. That armor was not designed for the back. That armor was designed for you to face the battle head on and keep taking it to the enemy. And let's once again remind him that Jesus defeated him 2,000 years ago and we have the full armor of God on. Therefore, we can stand for every battle. And after every battle, we can say, I'm still standing. Hallelujah. We can also, we can stand. I'm still standing, not only fully armored. I still, and that was the longest point of the sermon. So put your mind at ease. We also stand not only fully armored, but secondly, aware of my enemy. Look at what he said in verse number 12. Ephesians 5 verse 12. We, I'm sorry, 6. Ephesians 6 verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Listen, if you're going to win this warfare, understand who it is that you're fighting against. The real battle is not with any earthly person. Let me tell you something, sir. The root of our family problem is not a deadbeat dad. The root of our family problem is not a wayward child or your mother-in-law or your father-outlaw. <laughs> your problems at work don't really stem from an overbearing employer or unqualified co-workers. The problem in your neighborhood and in your area where you live, that problem that you're having with whatever it is, it's not really because of that jerk that lives next to you. The real battle is with the devil himself. 
Now, he uses people, and a lot of people let him, <laughs> but that's not, the battle is not against any certain person. He uses them to come against us, but don't take the frustration you have for the devil out on your family and your friends. Listen, I have some good news, and I have some bad news this morning. I'll tell you the bad news first. The bad news is this, the devil is your enemy. Here's the good news. The devil is your enemy. Why? Why is that good news? Because as long as the devil is my enemy, I know that I am fighting a foe that already has been defeated. Hallelujah. 2,000 years ago, Colossians 2.15, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you. We sang it this morning, how great thou art. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Let me just tell you one more time, we are in a battle and we can win this battle, but we will not win a spiritual battle using carnal weapons. So I challenge, if you want to get involved in politics, if you want to get involved in all this, go ahead, go find, find yourself a picket sign and go pick it if you want to. But listen to me, if you pick it and don't pray, you're not going to get one thing done. Don't fight a spiritual battle using carnal means. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. Listen, the devil is a liar and he is already defeated. And because I know that he is uh, defeated and because I know that he is going to face his judgment just like everyone else, anytime he tries to tell me that he has the upper hand, we can remind him that the cross was the battle in which Jesus defeated and disarmed him. He therefore has no right to my mind or my body or my spirit. And because I am already aware that the devil is my enemy and Jesus has defeated him, therefore I'm still standing today. Hallelujah to his name. I still stand not only aware of my enemy, but I still stand opposed to my enemy. Verse 11 says this, Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand against the schemes of the devil. It's hard to stand against the devil if you're standing with him. <laughs> if you're going to look at me like that, put your mask back on. <laughs> Listen. Our lives should be a complete opposite of what the world portrays to us. Really. And as a church, if the church consistently preaches the Bible, if we consistently preach the Word of God, we will eventually come across something in this book that's going to offend somebody. So what do we do? Do we say, well, just we cower down and say, well, I'm sorry, I can't do that because, because I don't want to offend you. I'll tell you something. People are just going to get offended. There are some people that are just not happy unless they are unhappy. 
So our responsibility is to preach the word of God. And if we preach the word of God, we will eventually have to confront sin. And sin is still wrong. Isn't it? Sin is still wrong. It's still wrong to commit sexual sin. It's still wrong to go out and party, get drunk. And the easiest way to keep from being drunk is don't drink. Thank you for those amens. It's still wrong to lie. It's still wrong to cheat. The people of Jesus' day knew his stand regarding sin. There was no question where Paul stood regarding sin. Likewise, do not let people be afraid or don't be afraid to let people know that you stand in complete opposition to the devil's plan to destroy their lives through sin. And if, you, if they come against you and if they say something negative toward you, you can use the same line that every other sinner uses. Well, it's my choice. Well, if you can choose, that's what they say, it's my choice. Well, if they can choose to sin, I can choose not to sin. It's my choice. And then the help of the Holy Spirit is right there to lead and guide. Preach against sin. Live against sin. And let people know that Jesus wants to save them from their sin. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. Against every plan the devil has to destroy me. I'm still standing. I still stand also. Having done all. Having done all. That's what Paul said. Having done all to stand. If there's ever a time when I see the church and God's people having done all, I believe we're at that moment. We've tried everything. We've tried everything to fulfill the Great Commission in this pandemic year. <laughs> We've had online services. We've had parking lot services. We have done everything we could. And we have, I, I, I commend every church, every pastor, because I believe we're in a time of having done all. And now, having done all, we still stand. Hallelujah. I simply believe also that there are people here today that you need to reaffirm that after you've done everything you know to do in your personal situation, in your family situation, in your work situation, whatever the case might be, when it's all said and done, when the dust is settled, when the smoke is cleared, you will still be standing. Having done all means that there are times when you just stand in the assurance, I have prayed, I have stood on the Word, I have exercised my faith, I have obeyed what God said. I've completely trusted in Him. And now I stand waiting to hear the next command from the general so that I can once again be victorious in His name. I've done everything I know to do. I've prayed every way I know to pray. And I just continue to stand on the promises of God. Those promises are yea and amen. Hallelujah. And in Him we can trust in him we can believe in him we know that he has the answer that we're looking for therefore having done all i'm still standing i've stood for truth but it seems that no one wants to listen but having done all i'm still standing 
Oh, some would say I attempt to live a righteous life and it seems I'm getting nowhere when that heathen that lives across the road from me has everything going from him. But having done all, I'm still standing. Some would say I have witnessed and shared my faith and it seems to have fallen on deaf ears. But having done all, I'm still standing. I beg God for the salvation of my family and it has not happened yet. But having done all, I'm still standing. My faith sometimes becomes weak, but having done all I'm still standing sometimes I don't even feel like I'm saved but having done all I'm still standing the devil tries to tell me at times that God's promises are for everyone else except for me but having done all I'm still standing I've prayed for that physical healing for that financial miracle for that spiritual breakthrough and it has not yet happened but having done all I'm still standing this morning hallelujah Glory to God, I'm still standing. And let me just tell you, Mr. Devil, when the dust has settled and when the smoke has cleared and when it's all said and done, one of us is still going to be standing. And it ain't going to be you. I'm still standing. I don't say that to brag. I don't say that to boast. I say that to say we're putting our faith and our trust in God. You try to stand alone, it won't happen. But you stand with your hand in His. You stand with your faith in Him. You stand with your heart set toward Him. And you'll not stand alone. God will give you strength in your weakness. God will give you faith when you need it the most. God will give you the power to overcome when you need it the most. Hallelujah. Having done all, I'm still standing. Praise His wonderful name. Would you stand please across this room?